Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week we talk about early scans. Is it weird to say that your scan looks a little bit like an aubergine? Morning sickness. I don't even know why they call it morning sickness because it's every hour of every day. Morning, afternoon and evening, it really didn't matter. And big life changes. Jesus Christ, I'm going to be a grandpa. was <laughs> quite telling. That's when he got the shotgun out. Anybody travelling with children... We hate you. I am sitting at Heathrow Terminal 5. It is ten past eight at night. Today I am eight weeks pregnant. I got up at 4.30 this morning to fly down to London to train a lovely group of people. Managed to avoid passing out on the first flight even though I felt I was going to because it was too hot. Managed to avoid puking on anyone or having to rush out of the room to puke for the whole day. I had just woken up from being curled in a ball in a Terminal 5 hard chair. My back hurts and my makeup is all over my face. Pregnancy is so... glamorous (laughs) and I won't get home until like half ten, eleven o'clock at night ahead of my first scan tomorrow so at least I'll be well rested for it (laughs) the biggest day of my life so far (laughs) we'll talk about the scan a little bit later But that describes the sickness and the feeling of the first trimester so well. Even your voice described the feeling. It's just perpetual, sick, nauseous, disgusting feeling where you feel like you've got I'm pregnant written on your forehead, but you can't talk about it with anybody. And even listening to that voice out back, I can remember getting flashbacks about how grim I felt. That was a really long day. Like I said, I was up at like half four and I didn't get home actually that night until 1 a.m. And you're just exhausted all the time and I hot, I nearly passed out in the flight. So I'm like fanning myself with the, you know, the, the how not to die in a plane crash flyer. <laughs> like, like flapping that near my face. That's the least of my worries <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Like, I'll take the crash. Um, so I'm like fanning myself, trying not to pass out. And then, you know, I had been up most mornings around four o'clock anyway, violently retching. And like the sound of it was so horrific as well. And Sandy, bless him, has just been rubbing my back and really completely unable to do anything about it. And you know, apologies if anyone's particularly squeamish, but I wasn't vomiting the contents of my stomach. I think you were, but I was just vile. Mm. It was like just yellow stomach acid. And I kept Googling, why am I just throwing up bile? <laughs> throwing up bile when pregnant. And the only answers that came back <laughs> were um, 
oh, you're doing that because you've already emptied your stomach. And I was like, I have just eaten two baked potatoes with cheese, another block of cheese, and three packets of crisps. My stomach is full. So what's happening? And there, there just seemed to be some kind of disconnect. So my liver was just ejecting all this uh, rotten liquid. And it was really, oh, God, just so grim. I honestly, that period of my life, just before that voice note day, I had a busy week that week at work. But the weeks before, I could barely get out of bed. And my personality was like gone. Just not a person. <laughs> well, because the only thing you can focus on is not throwing up most of the time. I mean, I remember the depths of stopping in the middle of the street, fumbling for a poo bag. I've got a dog, so I've got poo bags in every pocket. Fumbling for a poo bag to throw up in on the street <laughs> as people passed me by and then politely tie it in a knot and throw it in a nearby bin. That was my existence in the first <laughs> trimester. I couldn't uh, I couldn't smell any food cooking. I was literally put off food um, for about three months, I think, of my pregnancy. So care had to do all the cooking, all the cleaning, everything. I had to hide in my room until the food had been cooked because I couldn't smell it. And then once it was cooked, he basically had to run up a bowl under my nose. I had to chuck it all down as quick as possible. No enjoyment. This was just for sustenance. <laughs> My nose couldn't remotely smell it before it had hit my belly in order to stop myself from throwing up the contents of my stomach. It was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. And it's so easy to laugh about it now. I'm obviously, I am laughing at your plight, but retrospectively, but at the time it is literal. You're, you're in the bowels of hell. He once put deodorant on in the same room. I vomited. <laughs> it was just... There's like nothing, and he was eating sourdough bread. I couldn't, like the sourness was so strong. And Rachel and I aren't the only ones to suffer this cruel infliction. Here's our mum squad with their experiences. Hi, Stacey Clark here. Morning sickness for me, wow. Um, I don't even know why they call it morning sickness because it's, for me, it was every hour of every day. I tried, Everything they said, you know, dry food, you know, drinking plenty of fluids, it just never went. Um, I've had three children and um, with each child I had morning sickness. Hi Storm, my name is Carly. My morning sickness story. So I have two boys. With my first, I was sick every evening and that lasted all the way until I gave birth from around... I think I was about eight weeks until I gave birth to him. My second son, my second pregnancy, I was sick. Morning, afternoon and evening, it really didn't matter. Hi there, uh, my name is Mandy Davies. So mine started at week five. I'm currently 18 weeks pregnant. Um, so I had it from week five up until a few weeks ago. So around the 15 week mark, it did ease, which I am super, super thankful for because yeah, it was horrendous. Like I'd be physically sick around five to six times a day, um, every day. Things that set me off were, well, just waking up because I had an empty stomach, so that would make me sick. I was sick before I ate anything. Um, or if I had a cup of tea before eating anything, that was a no-no. Water, just drinking water would be bad. So various things would make me sick. Hey Storm, so I couldn't not reply about morning sickness. I had morning sickness 
up until the day my son was born. Actually, after he was born, I was still being sick in a bag from the C-section. Um, and then the next day, I woke up and I've never felt more amazing in my whole entire life. It all disappeared. But yeah, that was nine full months of sickness every single day. My name is Becky. Um, with my third pregnancy, I had horrendous morning sickness. Um, I had it with previous pregnancies. Um, but this time round, it was quite bad, to the point I would gag at everything. Smells, if I didn't like the look of something. Um, my two older boys would find this hilarious, so they took it upon themselves to keep making gagging noises, just so I would start gagging. Um, I find it funny now, but at the time, they drove me mad. Um, my little girl is now two, and even now, something like brushing my teeth, I gag. I gag quite easily at stuff, and yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, if you're currently pregnant, you're probably horrified to hear that that sickness could last your entire pregnancy. But let's hear from midwife Carla to find out when that sickness could reach its peak and eventually go away. So morning sickness is one of those things that affects different women in different ways. Some will have a bit of nausea and others will have nausea, vomiting all the way through the pregnancy, unfortunately. The good news is it does usually peak and then get better by about 16 weeks when all those hormones that have been surging and running riot in your body in those early weeks of pregnancy, they do start to settle down. So it does get a little bit better then. But unfortunately for some women, it just never lets up. In that situation, sometimes women are hospitalised for treatment because they're really dehydrated um, and they need some extra help. But for most women, we can manage it with lots of fluids, lots of rest, eating things like plain foods, lots of carbs and eating small and often. But yeah, for some women, it really does have an awful negative impact on the pregnancy and it just must be so hard to deal with all the way through. So massive sympathy if you've got that morning sickness all the way through. But speak to your midwife, speak to your GP because there are things we can do to help you. Pregnancy sickness is never fun for anyone. But as Carla says, some women even end up in hospital. Here's Pamela's story. Hello, my name's Pamela. I'm 43. I first fell pregnant at the age of 24 with my daughter. I found out I was pregnant because I was admitted to hospital with severe sickness. I continued to be sick all throughout the pregnancy. In total, I was hospitalised nine times. My throat was absolutely red raw with the amount that I vomited during my pregnancy. It was so traumatic. I lost so much weight. I went down to 57 kilograms, which is the lightest I have ever been in my life. I actually wanted to be sterilised after I had my daughter and they agreed. But while I was waiting to be sterilised, I actually fell pregnant with my son and I had very, very light morning sickness with him. It was a totally different pregnancy. For any women out there who are suffering from it, I don't want them to be off put for another pregnancy because my second one was completely different and it did, it completed my family. I've got a boy and a girl, but it is, it's, unless you go through it, you don't understand how debilitating it is. Fiona had a similar experience. Hi Storm, it's Fiona here. I have six and a half month old twins. Um, you can probably hear them in the background. Unfortunately, um, pregnancy sickness was very severe for me. I had a condition that you may have heard of called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is 
basically, basically a very severe form of pregnancy sickness um, and it definitely doesn't last um, you know just in the morning um, my pregnancy sickness lasted from six weeks preg in pregnancy right up literally until the day I gave birth um, which resulted in any trips um, sitting on a drip um, relentless medication it was probably one of the most difficult experiences of my life the overriding message that I've tried to convey ever since experiencing this dreadful condition is that there is a real lack of awareness on this condition but also pregnancy sickness and I think it's important that it is called pregnancy sickness and not morning sickness and um, just because of like historical myths and um, judgment around morning sickness um, not many people can go to work when they're vomiting but yeah it just seems to be expected um, from pregnant women as for my condition I basically um, you know for about two months solid um, was in bed vomiting up to about 15 times a day um, and this carried on throughout my pregnancy up until the day I gave birth um, big shout out to the organisation called Pregnancy Sickness Support. If you haven't heard of them, they're truly amazing and they go a long way to raise awareness of this condition. I actually had a look at that website myself and there's loads of information. So if you are suffering severe sickness in pregnancy, then do check it out. But I suppose the main question we want to know is at what point we should be seeking medical advice. Here's Carla again. Things to look out for are signs of dehydration. So if you're feeling really thirsty, if you're really tired, feeling dizzy, also check your weight. If it's dark in colour or starts to smell strongly, then that's an indication you're dehydrated. Also, if you're losing weight, that's not normal in pregnancy. So definitely speak to your midwife, your pregnancy assessment unit, because there are things we can do to help you. I just looked it up and 80% of women have some form of pregnancy sickness. So if you're on that sickness spectrum at the moment, you're certainly not alone. It's very early, it's Friday morning and I know you're going for your scan today. I just wanted to know how you were feeling. So far, I have been <laughs> groaning and rolling around for two hours and I have just barfed some acidic yellow liquid into an orange salad bowl. So, good morning, good morning. Oh, you've talked the whole night through a good morning, good morning to you. And I promised you I would do better audio than a bathroom. And yet here we are. We are currently hurtling towards our, our eight week scan. Rather than this be an NHS scan, this is an early one that we are paving, paying for, despite Sandy's reluctance to pay for any extra scans. I really wanted to have this check done because two of my nearest and dearest friends sadly lost their babies in the same cycle. And I felt it would put my mind at ease about what's to come or not to come. So, I feel less at ease having thrown up and felt ill most of the morning. But we are on our way to Baby Scanning Limited, all caps. We could have gone with Fetus Picks For You, 
I'm kidding. Sandy's screwing up his face. Uh, but we chose Baby Scanning Limited in the centre of Glasgow. So today they will be able to ascertain if there is a fetal heartbeat and if the pregnancy is viable. So come on, viability. And then the message came through along with the baby's first scan picture and all was well. I feel very relieved, very, very relieved indeed. And it's just surreal to know that something's actually in there and the reason I've been sick all the time and felt so unwell and put on so much weight is uh, because there's actually a little person in there with a heartbeat, a little person who's going to grow up to have opinions on things and disagree with me and vote and yeah, party and have a job and favourite things and yeah, it's just a nice feeling Unbelievably good news, I mean that is just fabulous, the best news is that there's only one, I couldn't think of anything more stressful than having twins especially for your first time Um also, is it weird to say that your scan looks a little bit like an aubergine? <laughs> the scan sounds like it was a really positive experience for you, but why did you go in the first place? So you get your NHS scan at 12 weeks, but there is this three months full of suspense and unknown and projectile vomit in the lead up to that, which I felt that would be great to interrupt it with some kind of assurance that we were growing a baby and the pregnancy was viable. And much as I hate that sentence, a viable pregnancy, I understand why they use it. So having that eight-week scan basically tells you if you see a heartbeat on that scan, your chances of carrying your baby to term increase to 97%. So it was for peace of mind more than anything and to know that we had a much better chance of having this baby if we saw that heartbeat that day which I'm so thankful that we did it was a very surreal experience going into the room we were the first appointment of the day and she just charged up her playlist I think and this Lionel Richie song came on hello just as we you know it was see you see me which I just I don't know. I don't know if that's like the cl this classic you, baby seeing song. Yeah, do you think that was your baby that was singing it to you? See, <laughs> I <don't> see me. <laughs> like maybe that's what they put on um, for everyone, but it was just quite a strange, surreal experience. Um, and I was sort of lounging on the on the bed, going hinting at Sandy to take a photo, but obviously he's a man, so he was oblivious to my needs. Um, and then we left and we just had, we just had, you know, a lovely day knowing that there's a baby in there. And like I say, it's more likely to, to be coming into the world in September. So you can do all sorts of things like get your the heartbeat in a teddy and things. But we opted to just go for the straight up picture and little video. I have to say the early heartbeat is so fast. I can't imagine that that'd be very relaxing to have in a teddy bear. 
You know, it's not like a. It's more like a. It's basically when an adult has an anxiety attack. It's that speed. It is rapid. So yeah, yeah not something I would put in a teddy bear. But it is an absolute relief when you do hear that heartbeat. That's all you're after. Mm-hmm. I went for so you went for an early scan, which is just the scan. You see the heartbeat. You get a little picture of your aubergine, and yeah. I've decided we're going to call your unborn baby. Uh, the the little Masaka because <laughs> he does he looked like the little green bit at the top of an aubergine in your womb the way the angle of the camera had taken it it was the perfect aubergine shape I thought that's amazing I, I mean I have no idea I have no idea what it's meant to look like so I'll take that I mean who knows no it's 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 the um, perfect shape I mean I think that's what it says that was what I was taught in biology anyway your uh, womb should look like an aubergine. And yours does. Um, That's absolutely (laughs) not science. Uh, (laughs) That's what we should call this podcast. (laughs) This is absolutely not science. So I went for a harmony test, which is slightly more um, detailed. You get the scan as well. And so when I went in, it was this big old room because it's a private test. You go into this big fancy building. It was in Harley Street. So it was the the full works. This guy puts some cold jelly on your belly and then puts this roller thing on it. And then within a millisecond, up popped this baby waving. It was like before we'd got in, the guy had gone to his assistant, eh, Karen, put on that, eh, put on take two. You know the, the waving one? I like the waving one. We'll start the day with that. It, I I was convinced that actually it wasn't my baby and he had just put this little tape on. <laughs> I'm camera ready. Hi, guys. I've got the wave. So it was just this realisation of, oh, my goodness, there is actually something in there. You know, you've got all the symptoms, feeling sick, missed periods. You're like, I'm definitely pregnant. You take the test. It says you're pregnant. You go for the scan. You're like, whoa, I actually mm. am. This is... No joke. And then we went for, I had a blood test, so that tested for the chromosomal issues that we spoke about in the first um, ep, and they all came back clear. But I also found out the gender at 10 weeks, which is very early. And um, and we'll talk about gender reveals and all that in future podcasts. But I felt like my moment of finding out the gender sitting on my bed on the phone to a lady in a doctor's office was just not the most romantic <laughs> setting that I wanted to find out my future, but that's what happened. And um, But it was just amazing. It made me feel a little bit more connected, I think, to the baby. It made me feel a bit more like I was a mum to yeah. something, albeit a kind of odd-looking frog-like mm. character with a bit of a tail, but still <laughs> mine and something I had to look after. And now he's a beautiful camera experienced on-screen star from, yes. that, from those early days at the harmony yes. test <laughs> of waving but to be fair the harmony t- test is actually really expensive so it's not it's probably not affordable for everyone so I do feel really lucky that I was able to do that because you're right it's 12 weeks of absolutely not knowing and Mm-hmm. I can understand why the NHS waits that time because when I went in for the harmony test, I was quite anxious, and the the doctor, the sonographer, said, you know, could feel that and said, I don't know why you're so worried. You've got the best news ever. There's a heartbeat there. There's mm. a little person waving, and one in three people that come in here to have this done don't get that result, and all of a sudden wow. I just felt unbelievably lucky that I did 
because it doesn't, mm. it, you know, miscarriages and, and pregnancies that fail are not unusual. They're so unbelievably common. But on a more positive note, the day after you got the wonderful scan and the lovely picture of <laughs> baby Masaka, you <laughs> you took a big old road trip. <laughs> big old road trip. Dear God, we went all the way. Keeping in mind, I'm still vomiting bile at any given opportunity. <laughs> any chance I get, that bile's coming up. And I, we went down to Castle Douglas for my mum's birthday. And we surprised her. Her final present was that she's going to be a granny. All going well. And then after that, I was sick all day the next day. And on the Sunday, we drove all the way up to Arasig, where Sandy is from. And for their wedding anniversary, we surprised his parents with the fact that they're going to be grandparents. So That's so nice. So you took their special days, both of them individually, and you monopolised it. And we made it all about us. That's so <laughs> nice of you, Rachel. Technically, we made it all about the baby and starters, you mean to go on because they're going to be babysitting a lot. <laughs> but you got such a nice reaction from both of them. I'm just going to play yeah. the audio from when your mum found out that she was going to be a granny. This is her opening <laughs> that final card. Oh my heavens! I'm having a baby! <laughs> <laughs> oh my heavens! Oh my heavens! <laughs> That's why I've been so sick. <laughs> oh, I know, I didn't wonder about that. <laughs> That's why I've been so sick. Oh, I see. I loved it when your dad finishes it with, oh, I did wonder about that. Do you think they had any clue what they were getting? Absolutely not. There's no way. But they, they had gone on, uh, you know, their big, like, trip. They've not really ever been on a, a big adventure trip before. They'd gone to New Zealand. And New Zealand had been plagued these particular two weeks with extreme weather, flooding, you know, there were cars floating in, down the street. It was a, a state of emergency in New Zealand. And I knew that I was pregnant before they left, but I didn't want to drop it on them just before they were going on this big trip. And then during the trip, so many things were going wrong that my brother said, you know, maybe some good news would like <laughs> cheer them up a little bit because <laughs> their, their whole, everything on their holiday was, was getting cancelled. And every time they FaceTimed me, I was in bed because those were the weeks that I was unable to get out of bed. So they were saying, you're in bed again. It's only five o'clock. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're in bed again. It's only two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so he was a bit, confused as to why I was so sick all the time but there's literally no way they thought baby was coming and they must be absolutely delighted yeah they're buzzing and you know they have never put any pressure on me to have grandkids because they have younger kids themselves so there's 15 years and 17 years between me and my younger sisters so they've kind of done the baby thing more recently than most parents <laughs> so they were like yeah. don't be in any rush don't be in any rush take your time uh but so I'm so happy that they are as over the moon as we are um because I did wonder I did start to get the nerves when I went to tell them because you know you just never know and I think my dad's 
what? And then, Jesus Christ, am I going to be a grandpa? Was <laughs> quite telling. I think he's just concerned about the fact that now he has to admit that someone will be calling him grandpa. Yeah, it is a moment, I think, where parents will go, oh, that's... I'm that generation now. I'm no longer the parent. I was the child, then I was the parent, and now I am grandparent. That's quite a moment. I'll play a little bit from Sandy's uh, parents as well because they had a very different reaction. They they just weren't really quiet, which doesn't work so well for a podcast. But let's just enjoy <laughs> this one. This is remember this is their anniversary. They're not expecting a, 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 a an image of their future grandchild. There you go. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, that curtain's less exciting now. <laughs> it's so sweet because she just goes really quiet. You all have to sort of, are you okay? And she just bursts into tears. I think that yeah. is such a sort of normal reaction, just tears of absolute joy. Yeah, and they have a very different set up because obviously Sandy's adopted so they never had their own kids so in a way this is them getting <laughs> their own one because Sandy's now got me and we're, we're having the baby together and the, his dad in that video was so chill as if he already knew like everyone that watched that video says oh did your dad already know but he just had this kind of like oh well yeah that's what you wanted that was great um but I did get a bit drunk at New Year and um, declare my undying love for Sandy in front of his dad and like snog him so I think the dad probably had a clue <laughs> there was something like that in the post um, and his mum is champion knitter she is the loveliest sweetest lady <gasps> and cannot wait to have a grandchild so I am so buzzing so is this him. child going to be the most stylish kid in Scotland? It's going to be donned in all the latest <laughs> knit gear? It'll definitely be in woolens. That's what I can promise you. Knitted everything. It'll be one warm baby. <laughs> just rosy cheeks. Just been out in the Arisig cold, but completely covered in knitwear. <laughs> so we thought we'd ask you for your pregnancy reveal stories. And here they are. Hi, my name is Natalie. One of my friends had just given birth to her baby boy and her sister had also just been for a scan with her second baby. And when my friend showed me her scan to say, tell me she was pregnant, I then was able to go back to her and tell her that I also had a scan photo and our babies are now born just four weeks apart from each other. Hi, it's Jill. I told my husband I was pregnant with my second daughter after we'd been having a bit of an exchange of words, we'll say, about um, about us using the diary on the phone, you know, like the joined diary. And I had asked him about something. He said, oh, no, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Oh, is it in the diary? He didn't put it in the diary. All this. Anyway, went up, did a pregnancy test and didn't really feel it coming down to share it with him because this is you know, stewing a wee bit. You know what I did? Looked up my estimated due date and put it in the diary. When that blinked in his phone, shocker. Hi, my name is Anna. I have three kids. Um, so the story is when my sister-in-law was announcing her pregnancy to a family, all I wanted to do is just stand up and say, me too, me too, I'm pregnant too. But I didn't. Um, because it was her time, I didn't want to steal her thunder, so I waited until next week and I announced 
my pregnancy. I told my mother I was pregnant and she told me I had the moles of Lally Cat and kicked me out of the house. We made up eventually. My name's Yvonne Lewis. It was actually on my new fiancé's birthday. So I went up to the bathroom and came out and I was like, eh, I've got another birthday present for you. And he was like, looked at me in disbelief and was just like, that's the best birthday present I could have ever had. But there's also been developments between you and Sandy. I mean, literally together for seven months. Already had DNA tests to make sure that you weren't brother and sister. You're now... <laughs> pregnant and what's happened we're we're getting married we're getting married so i'm engaged now i'm a fiance congratulations um, do you feel any different i get to wear a beautiful ring now which is lovely and that is very different because i don't wear jewelry so i keep reminding myself that it's on my finger and i can't lose it and um, so that's lovely but no honestly it doesn't feel very different and all of this has been a sort of lovely fever dream because everything just feels like it was meant to happen and that it's not that big a deal I know they are the biggest deals that you can have the biggest landmarks you can have in your life but it just all seems very natural and normal so I like that about it and we haven't done any big announcements about baby or about getting engaged and I have no romantic story about you know being proposed in front of waterfalls or on a hilltop or something like that I don't know hidden in some it was a, some kind of cake I disagree <laughs> I think it was an incredibly romantic moment you refused to take off the ring and so he just had to ask <laughs> in his pants uh, down on one knee at home yeah am I retelling that story wrong it, it, yeah it's similar he wanted to go and buy a ring and he wanted me to choose it just in case he bought one that I didn't like. So we went Sensible man. We went and chose the ring and we both loved it so much and we were both so excited. And he said, right, I need it back now. And I was like, do you really need it back? So can we not just like be engaged? <laughs> like I, I also hate surprises. I need to like put that caveat in. So the idea of like him, he was going to like leap out from somewhere and get down on one knee and I wouldn't know what was coming is uh, that's that was a lot for me. So he did it at home and it was perfect. I hope you don't mind me saying, but you're not much of a traditionalist, <laughs> Rachel. So what made you want to get engaged and married? Was it the pregnancy? So both of our mums are very Catholic, mums and extended maternal family. So that is very important for them, that we have a full nuptial mass uh, at some point in the near future. So the first wedding is likely to be admin, <laughs> very romantic admin. And then next year we'll do a big long mass for everyone that likes a big long mass and a party. I was just wondering whether after I came out of that video of your dad saying, oh, I wondered about that, whether it was just when <laughs> he got the shotgun out and Sandy was like, yes, I'm on it, I'm on it. So funny you should say, but he did golf with my dad the next day and then asked him. So at, at the moment also, uh, I'm very, very fortunate enough to have had an Irish grandparent, my papa, who sadly is no longer with us, but his legacy and uh, nationality allows me to get an Irish passport and I get fast-tracked if I am pregnant. So me and baby will be European, with any luck. 
uh, by the end of the year. And in order to do that, I want to do it in my new name. I think it's very romantic. Just... This is too much for me. <laughs> so in this course of one phone call, Rachel, you have went from not being pregnant to pregnant to engaged and now you're changing your nationality. Is there any other curveballs you'd like to throw in there? No, not for the moment. I'm sure plenty will come up. But yeah, pretty much pregnant, engaged Irish. That's that's the plan. I think that's enough actually, for <laughs> for one phone call. I think that's quite enough. I've had quite the weekend myself, I have to say. Uh, the week was pretty banal, but then the weekend came along and it was my birthday, so that was good. And Otis brought out all the stops. <laughs> so this weekend, he crawled for the first time. Oh, my God! Yay! And, and as if that wasn't enough, he got two little teeth. <gasps> So best gift ever. That's amazing. I mean, the teething was not a gift, but once they broke through, that was the gift because then the crankiness stopped. You've got all this to look forward to. Honestly, it is a joy. I would say uh, if you want to come over to the other side, um, I am quite happy to share things that happen once the baby arrives that are both marvellous and terrifying. Like this week, for example, I both managed to put a false eyelash on while holding a baby, which was my mummy win. That is incredible. <laughs> you learn that you have skills that you never thought you had or needed or would ever need. So well done me. And then on the other hand, I was cleaning sick out of a ball pit. Now, I don't know if you've ever had to oh, do that, but it is God. a long process. I, I genuinely, I have thought about that when I go to these soft play areas or even the adult ball pits where you're allowed to drink in them. And I think if someone, if a baby pukes or has the shits in there, then it's yeah. literal game over. <laughs> no more games for anyone. How do you clean that up? Yeah. Do you have to hose it? Well, each ball, each ball individually. Oh. That's how you do it. It is a long night. It's a long sleepless night. And that's when the baby's sleeping. <laughs> So enjoy that when it comes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I also worry about the teeth coming in because are you still breastfeeding? I have this like fear, <laughs> I have this fear of like, you know, just them gnashing your nipple off. Not specifically your nipple, any nipple. Anyone who's breastfeeding a child with teeth, that gives me fear. Yes, no, I definitely gave up the breastfeeding before the teeth came through. I breastfed to two months. We'll speak about breastfeeding in another ep because it is a huge issue and you're going to get so much advice here, there and everywhere and it's all absolute nonsense. But what I will say is, don't worry about the teeth because the gums are hard enough. <laughs> the look on your face, <laughs> just like... The, the warning. Oh yes, they oh. bite. They bite. Yes, it's um, it's all just a big, interesting learning curve. And then once you get to the stage as well where you're, you know, starting to get the stuff for the baby coming, so prams and cots and, you know, what, what sort of pram do you need? What sort of cot do you need? Does your pram need suspension? I mean, it's like buying a car. You need a degree to try and work out what you're supposed to be doing. It is absolutely hideous. The whole thing, there's just so much information coming your way. You just need to try and pause and realise that it's mm. it's not actually rocket science and try and enjoy it a little bit. But um, 
there are points where it gets really, really intense. And I really hope through the course of this podcast and following your, I hate this word, but let's go for it, journey. My journey. That <laughs> we, can, we can really talk through those intense points and try and decipher them a little bit and make them a little less intense. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so unbelievably exciting and I'm so happy for you in all fronts, you know, Having a baby, getting engaged, changing nationality. It's incredible. Thanks. I've just decided to just, you know, dick about for like 10, 15 years and then just cram everything into three weeks of my life. Well, that's all we have time for for this episode. Join us next week when we'll discuss extra digits, iron tablets and superstitions. Follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram if you want to be part of our mum squad. But until next week... Bye for now.